Can I say we'll give it up? Danny Cutler, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this chat. I mean, I know that you've been a part of of live music in Phoenix for quite some time. I have been here about 20 years and have heard your name a gajillion times. And I'm obviously familiar (laughs) with your radio show. Um, So great to finally see you and chat. And um, I was wondering if we could start. Well, first of all, are you where are you from? Are you from here? I'm actually, well, I call myself a native Arizonan because I moved here from Staten Island, New York when I was five and I just turned 50 this year. So native, I'm just calling it. Yeah. I think you've earned that, right? (laughs) I think so. I think so. I've seen a lot of changes in this Valley over 45 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like I've seen it change completely in the 20 that I've been here. So that is true. That is true. I've lived in, in Gilbert now for, oh my gosh, 20 plus of the, of the years that I've been in Arizona and the change just in Gilbert alone and the sprawl. And it's, it's amazing to me. The Valley has just spread on all sides actually. So, yeah. yeah. Did you, did you grow up playing an instrument or maybe you can just share um, some early favorite records or maybe music that, you know, was just inspiring to you, something, uh, a memory that you can look back on and, and, and kind of say, Oh, I, I would, whatever this is, whatever this music thing is, I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to, I want to be more of a, more part of it. Well, always a love of music for sure. I actually grew up playing classical music. I started playing viola in uh, elementary school. So fourth grade or so, they come into the classrooms in your elementary school and say, here are all the musical instruments, violin, viola, cello, bass. And everybody was like, ooh, violin, ooh, cello. And I was like, what's that viola thing? Nobody's choosing that. I want to play that. Mm -hmm. That's literally how I started playing the viola. I No one else was picking it, so I I picked it. (laughs) Well, in what you're describing, it's, I mean, like same thing happened to me, right? Fourth grade, they lead you into a room, but mm-hmm. you know, our, our options were like, you know, trumpet, saxophone, drums, uh, tuba, like it was more of a brass thing and you had more of uh-huh. a stringed instrument thing, but so yeah. that's pretty hip. I mean, and, and relatively advanced for, for that age. Yeah, I think so. It surely didn't sound advanced. A bunch of fourth graders trying to play stringed instruments, but <laughs> but I turned out to have a a talent for it and a knack for it, and I took to it right away. Um, fell in love with it. The everything about it, even from such a young age, the the tone. Um, you know, I it's funny because being a radio show host, you kind of have to be out there in the forefront. But I liked with the viola that it wasn't a lead <laughs> it wasn't right. you know it's like i i enjoyed being part of something which mm. is kind of interesting when you think about the things that i've done with my, my life with music and wanting to be part of something it kind of makes sense in that in that respect but um you know just always loved it and played it all through high school did the whole regionals thing and you know in all states and even had a music scholarship to ASU so uh oh wow you know absolutely loved it so classical music brought me to mainstream and independent rock i don't know <laughs> <laughs> were you listening to like classical music as a kid was that the music that was in the house 
Well, yes and no. Um, we did have some, and I really, I mean, deep, deep love for all the old, old hits, Beethoven, Vivaldi, you know, shout out to all the old school <laughs> composers and musicians, right? Uh, you know, without them, we don't have what we have today, honestly, yeah. you know, and, um, but no, we, we had a variety of music in the house. Um, it wasn't really a musical family per se. Uh, you know, my parents are big Beatles fans and, um, you know, they loved all that old school music. ABBA was playing in the house all the time and, um, you know, things like that, but nobody was in music or nobody was a performer, nobody doing anything like that. The love just, you know, just a random thing came to me wanting to do something and, you know, here I am. And then being an eighties kid, you know, growing up as a teen in the eighties, loved eighties, top 40 pop, you know, Madonna yeah. and Prince and, yeah. you know, all that fun stuff. Duran Duran, of course, is one I mentioned quite often. In, <laughs> if you've known me for 10 minutes, you know that I am a huge Duran Duran fan. Um, so yeah, I mean, really nothing quote special per se about my musical upbringing i just found it on my own and did you did you ultimately take the music scholarship at asu and, and complete the complete the degree well i took the scholarship <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> well, i spent yeah dot 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 um i spent a year at asu and it was actually quite interesting because um I was raised, so I, I had a bit of a broken home growing up and I ended up as 17, I ended up in foster care for my senior year of high school. Um, so it was a lot of stuff going on in the background for me. And so when I finally got to ASU, it's when I realized that I didn't want to perform that way. <laughs> if, if that makes any sense. Um, I was a music therapy major and I loved the music therapy classes. I loved all of that. Um, I didn't like the performing so much anymore. And it was an interesting discovery of myself. I distinctly remember a time in the ASU. I was It was a scholarship at ASU. And so I was in the ASU orchestra. And the conductor looked at everybody and said, at any given moment, I will point to you and you need to start playing. And I never went back. It, Wait, it terrified me. What was the what was the point of that exercise? Like 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 you like play the part or just start playing? No, like, just randomly start playing. And I am I've gotten better over the years, and we might get into that as we're having our conversation. But I'm a I need music in front of me. This is what I'm learning. This is what I'm playing. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just I mean, it's a classical music upbringing. Here's your music. Right. Play, you know, not like with our bands today, and you see a violinist get on stage and they're like, okay, I'm just going to start improvising and boom, right. it's a song. I'm not very good at that. Mm -hmm. um, so it terrified me to be put on the spot and then just boom, suddenly need to play something. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> Needless yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say so, uh, one year in the program, um, and then what? So I left ASU. Um, I realized that music wasn't for me and, um, and this was, I mean, this wasn't last week, this was 1990. 
<laughs> this yeah. was like a few decades ago. Um, I I ended up just doing the I got married to my high school sweetheart. Nice. And yeah, we're celebrating 30 years um in March. Congratulations. So yeah, which the timing, you know, <laughs> kind yeah. of fits. Um got married, did the kid thing, you know, raised the kids, did the family, moved to Gilbert. Um and and that's kind of what I was doing for a while. And and music went in the back burner. Um, you know, just you know, just different priorities, just you know, sure. figuring out what I want to do and um and then you know, radio and and I actually before radio, podcasting came to me. So I got into radio because of podcasting. Yeah, I saw that. Um you you I mean, I didn't know what a podcast was three years ago. And and you were doing this like back what 2007, did I see? The the first wave of podcasting started, I think, around 2005 wow. with um, Adam Curry, the old uh, MTV yeah. VJ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, he had a podcast back then, and that's kind of what started the whole, the, the I call it the first wave, the first wave of podcasting, because it didn't really catch on like it did in maybe the past decade. You know, and well, uh, how would you have even he heard the podcast? Like, like, what was the medium? What was the format? So, well, my well, so be, go before we talk about what my podcast was. I learned about podcasting because I just met about. It was kind of weird. It was via Twitter. We would have these tweet ups, if you will. Back in the day, those were the popular ways to get to know people was Twitter because Facebook wasn't really taking off at that point. You know, in the 2005, 2006, um, I was running a message board on something called Rise. I, I, I don't know. It was just, it was an interesting time, the yeah. early days of, of social media, right? Yeah. And I met a bunch of people who did some audio dramas. And they did it and they found podcast feeds. It was like the very first podcast feeds through like blogger and stuff. <laughs> Remember blogger? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I, and I just made these connections just from being on these message boards and meeting these people. And they were political message boards, which leads into what my podcast was. <laughs> right. Uh, because around, 2003, 2004, there was the Iraq war that started. And I started getting really into politics at that time and, and reading about it. And, and then when I saw people messaging, you know, I started the message board and we were having these great conversations for the most part. Some things don't change over time. <laughs> Argu political arguments online are kind of the same as they were in 2005. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, um, when I started meeting these people who did audio dramas and started doing some voice acting for them, that's how I discovered podcasting and the podcasting feeds. And I was like, hey, I could do that. I can do that. And I wanted to do it. So I figured out how I my my first setup was literally just a headset with the mic in front of it. And um, you know, I, I downloaded some free software to record with and hmm. You know, I learned how to find the free podcasting feed and this and that. I self-taught myself all of it. And mm -hmm. I started a political podcast called Truth Seekers. And that was 2004, five, something like that. Wow. Years just meld together. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's literally how I started doing audio. And I also love the voice acting part um, and editing. So 
community wise, everybody needed help. You know, how do we, we have these files, we need somebody to mix them together and edit them and make them sound like we're all in the same room. And I was like, let me try that. Cause at this time I was editing my own podcast and doing my own production and I enjoy editing so much. I love to edit. And I think that just goes back to my musical ear and just wanting things to sound good. Mm-hmm. And so I took it on and they, I remember the first time it, it was a little overwhelming at first because I got like seven different tracks that I had to put together and, you know, they all came from everybody's individual recording right? and, you know, had to make it sound like everyone was standing there in the same room. <laughs> I, I will say there is something very satisfying about, you know, taking this kind of raw file and, and sweetening it and making it sound right. You know, there, there, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say that I love editing, but I do appreciate the feeling when it's done. (laughs) Yeah. And well, that's the thing. And, you know, I I don't know if I could ever tackle uh, producing music and producing a song and and digging into that. That seems like a task. I I mean, I'm sure I could do it. You know, I'm not going to say I couldn't do it. I I choose not to do it. (laughs) But but with audio or with um, with voice. You know, it's 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 just different. It's like it, it's very isolated mm-hmm. the tracks, and right. so it's easy to like get in there and pick out what you want, get rid of the ums and ahs and likes and you knows, which were I was really bad with <laughs> the beginning <laughs> of my audio career. Like you know, it, oh my goodness, and so well, and I, I would yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I would go through some of my early podcast episodes and pick out. I mean, it would take me hours because I would go through every like every um and i would mm. edit it out and then i was like maybe i should learn to speak better <laughs> maybe i should do some practice on the other end to mm-hmm. save me the post <laughs> right 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 i mean yeah it's a little bit more let's say linear um yeah. editing voice versus trying to mix a drum set or whatever where right. things are getting panned and different eqs on everything and um yeah yeah so no yeah. so no prior radio work or voice like it, you, you didn't take a class at asu or you didn't whatever dj at at the asu radio station i mean nothing like that you just kind of came in quote, off the street so to speak and yeah and seriously i industry. i didn't even have radio in my scope it, it wasn't even something that i was like i want to try this until it was presented to me and how that happened was i was doing my podcast having a good time doing that. And then a friend of mine who also had a podcast here in Phoenix, he doesn't have it anymore, but he was syndicated on an indie radio show um, here in the Valley. It was called KQCX. And I asked him, I, you know, I was like, Oh, that'd be kind of cool to maybe get my show syndicated on, on a local radio station. Didn't know anything about independent versus commercial versus low power. I knew nothing, nothing about radio at all. And so he connected me with the program manager there. I sent him over a sample and he got back to me and he said, so we're not looking for any more talk shows, but we really like your voice. Do you want to just do some voice tracking for us? We're a music station mostly, and we would love it if you wanted to do some voice tracking. And so, you know, I I took a minute and I was like, 
sure, why not? Let's just see what this is about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it just sounded fun and I was intrigued. And um, so I said I would do it. And that's how I started in radio. I started in voice tracking for KQCX, which is not around anymore. Uh, I started doing that in 2006. And then early 2007, they merged with KWSS and they asked me, I was doing, I was doing midnight to 4 a.m., but it was voice tracking. So it aired it from midnight to 4 a.m. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and they asked me when they were merging, do you want to do middays on KWSS? And I was like, yeah, sure. Because, you know, it wasn't a lot of it wasn't a lot of prep to it. It wasn't a lot mm-hmm. of work. It was, you know, it was like, okay, here are the songs. I'm talking about the music, which I love to do. And, and I'm learning more about music at the same time. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with independent radio, it's a lot of indie artists and not just mainstream artists. So, yeah. you know, I just went with it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> radio. <laughs> I know. I know. And I haven't, I haven't looked back since I just fell in love with it and the whole concept of low power FM verse. And, you know, then I taught myself and started reading about, so what, what exactly, how does this work? You know, mm-hmm. um, what is low power versus full power? And it's all about the wattage and, and how far your signal can reach and non-commercial versus commercial radio, which we're a non-commercial station. So, you know, how do all these things work and, and just fascinating to me. And I, I just, I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Have you spoken with John Dixon? I would imagine that you two would have week-long conversations. Oh, love him to death. I haven't seen him or talked to him in quite some time. Um, I actually ran into him at, um, oh, it was a show at Talking Stick, and now the name of the show is evading me. But anyway, I did just see him the last few months, and uh, he used to have a show on KWSS. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, was it on that station as well? Yeah, yeah, it was on KWSS, oh, wow. um, and it was like a Sunday evening show, and he was playing just some old school, you know, how he does, all yeah. his old favorites, and yeah. yeah, it was a good show. I had him on the podcast, and I was just, and he was starting to break down even how radio works in the in the frequencies and the wattage, and the, and I was just mm-hmm. fascinated. I mean, it's it's more science than anything else, and you know, it really is. And then you know, it's science and it's business, and it's also a little political. You know, you're fighting mm-hmm. for space, you're fighting for real estate in that mm-hmm. respect, um, and it's very interesting to see to learn how it all works, and you're just like, wow. <laughs> Yeah. It's not just something coming out of a speaker. You know, there's there are bits behind right. it that need to happen. Yeah, and and you are literally when you're a smaller station, when you're low power, when you're non-commercial, you know, it you are literally fighting for the airtime for your space in the air, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. So so all right, so at what point in KWSS's history, did you come on board? Like, how long had that radio station been around? And, yeah. you know, maybe how has it changed since you've been there? And, and yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So KWSS started in 2005, and it was originally on 106.7. And I came on in 2007. So they were only around just for a couple of years. And 
when I came on, there wasn't a whole lot going on with the station. It was mostly just we had some we had some DJs, we had some voice talent. We did there were a few shows here and there. Um, not really a whole lot of local Arizona music being played yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened when Beef Vegan came on in 2009. Um, and that's really what actually 2009 is what broke us out when he came on and was doing the morning show. Um, I do the morning show now because he went down to Tucson. Um, he is continuing his career in radio down there, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, so for a couple of years, it was just, you know, I did middays and we started Danny's diner, which is the seventies through nineties music lunch hour thing, um, which was a lot of fun and still is super popular. Um, and then, you know, about 2009 is when we started revamping the format and adding more local artists because the the purpose of that is independent music our local music scene it's right up there it's just as good as anything you'd hear in the mainstream any mainstream top 40 any mainstream alt rock whatever yeah we there is talent everywhere mm. and it's just as good and we have the means to play it so let's play it. And, yeah. and that's what we started doing. And that's what really broke us out because we found a sweet spot between the commercial and the familiar favorites that everybody knows, you know, Weezer, Black Keys, Jack White, you know, mm-hmm. um, Foo Fighters, all of that stuff, 80s. So Bowie and Blondie. And yeah, we throw in some Duran Duran too. Wow. Big surprise. <laughs> yeah. Total shock, right? Total shocker. Um, and, you know, 90s stuff too. We'll play, you know, a lot of the Nirvana and, you know, Alice in Chains and stuff like that. So all the stuff that everybody's familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then boom, we hit you with something from some independent artists, not even just from Arizona, but worldwide. And that's what keeps them. You know, you can't just shove all this new unknown music at somebody and expect right. them to keep listening. You have to get the familiar and you, you know, you have to mix. It's like doing a show. I was just, you don't just do, you don't just do your original songs. You have to throw in some covers. Right. Right. <laughs> I was literally going to make that point. It's the same as, yeah. as producing a show or putting a show on. Yeah. It's yep. really hard. Or, or it's asking a lot. I feel of the audience to sit there and process, you know, new music in real time. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to casually listen you know, I, because I, as soon as I hear it, I gotta, I gotta listen, you know, and, and, right. and it's, it, it takes power and energy to, all right, process this, this new information that's coming yeah. at me. And then, you know, as you say, you, you slide in a cover and it's like, okay, I can take a break. I know this song, right. you know? Yeah. It's interesting. It's true. It's true. And you know, it's, it's just the way it is. It's not anything negative against independent artists or anything like that, right. but we're in this unique place where we are able to introduce these artists and then, hey, they roll into town. They're hitting Crescent Ballroom. They're hitting Valley Bar. You know, they're hitting Last Exit. And our listeners are more likely to go see them because they've heard them on KWSS and they know who they are. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, it's no secret that what you guys are doing is really obviously supportive of the scene. And, and I love the the symbiotic relationship, you know, as you say, like you can, you can highlight a touring band. Like, I just love the synergy of that, of the medium. In in other words, 
you learn about the artist, you hear their music and then, oh, they have a date coming up. Like the synergy mm -hmm. of that experience is exciting because, you know, you know, there's so many ways to get information now, you know, with, with social media or oh, yeah. <laughs> terrestrial radio or podcasts or, or whatever. And it's nice just to have a home base that kind of connects all that stuff the you know the, the live show to the band yeah. uh to their music and you're you know you're creating community you're supporting the community um i'm curious uh like what what does independent radio look like today i mean with all of these various ways that people are getting information or experiencing uh new music through tiktok or what like how yeah. how are you guys staying relevant and in front of that in front of that rush? Yeah. And it, I mean, that's a great question because I read so many things about radio all the time. And it, it's always the big question because there are so many other ways to get your music. There's, I mean, there's Spotify, there's, like you said, there's TikTok, there's, you know, people still listen to Pandora, I believe, you know, <laughs> I just, so there, there's all these avenues, there's social media, you know, there's YouTube people, you know, how do you, how do you fit into all of that? And I think what works the best for any independent station is the people who are there voicing it, the DJs, right, right. you know, the it's the jobs. Behind it. Yeah. it is. It's the personalities behind it because we're out there. I'm going to shows. Right. I, I'm, I'm out there in it. I'm, I'm listening to this music. I'm meeting the musicians and the people. And for me and all of our DJs can do this. We convey this to our listeners and we let them know that, Hey, you know, I was just at Crescent Ballroom and I heard this band and now I'm going to play you their single and introduce them to you or flip it. Here's this band that's playing at Crescent. Mm -hmm. I want you to hear them and then I want you to go see them. So the talent on the air and, and really it's any radio, you know, I mean, we, of course, we snub corporate radio all the time because it's corporate and we're independent, but, <laughs> right, right. but it's all radio. The personalities are what keep radio going right now. You don't get a host on Spotify. Right. You get your playlist, which is fine. There's, you know, I listen to plenty of Spotify and that's where I go. You know, I, I'll hear something and I'll go there to discover some new artists that I might want to play on KWSS, but I have my playlists and, and everything like everyone else, but there's nobody to guide me through it. You know, there's nobody right. who's giving a personal touch to it to tell me about this music. Right. How, how do independent radio stations pay the bills? Oh my goodness. Barely. <laughs> 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 so where we happen to be a, a 501c3 nonprofit as well. Uh, so, you know, everyone's a volunteer. Nobody, none of our DJs are getting paid. Uh, we make money through promotions. We get sponsors. Uh, we can't say advertising because, you know, it's, it's a non-com rule, non-commercial rule is it's like, it's like NPR. You know, it, it's sponsorships, right. sponsor KWSS. It's the same, the same concept. Uh, so we have a, I don't want to say cheaper, but it's a less expensive way to be a sponsor of the station. And it appeals to smaller businesses that don't have the huge budgets that, you know, you'll hear a subway ad 
on a commercial radio station and, you know, it's right. like, you know, they can afford to pay commercial costs. We, you know, so we offer a different, you know, it, it's a way to get the word out about your smaller business and it's a more targeted audience. You know, right. our listener demographic are the people who are out there. They've got the jobs. They have some money we won't even get into lately with inflation and everything. But yeah. <laughs> typically, in a general sense, there's money. They have bills to pay. They, you know, they go to the bars. They want to support local. And that's what we can provide for them. And another way is through show promotion. So if there's a show coming up, like we just did a promo run for the Vortafest uh festival up in Sedona. Sedona that was yeah. this yeah that was this past past weekend end of September and uh, we did the promo for that and that's a way you know they they sponsored our station to do that and and we gave them the promo for a month so can you speak to the the specifics of the dem of the demographic yeah it's roughly and and we've never done any like massive like targeting you know, campaigns and, and things like that for, mm -hmm. to actually, you know, figure it out. And we also, we can't afford the subscription because we're so, you know, we're small. <laughs> so there's a subscription for like our FM that you can get for like FM listeners and, and figure out your ratings. We can't do that. We just kind of base it on, on our streams and, mm -hmm. and just what we, you know, the, after 15 years, I kind of have a good way of figuring it all out. You know, I, I can gauge it pretty well, I think. I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it's usually, I would say, upper 20s up. And probably the, the key is like 30 to 50 and then, you know, spreads out on either end. But our core mm -hmm. audience would be 30 to 50. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, they they support local. They want to know about local businesses. They're the ones that you see at the smaller local shows mm -hmm. and at local restaurants. And, and, you know, it, it fits. And that's why we really try and, and retain that in, in what we support and, mm -hmm. and, and how we reach our sponsors and, and get sponsors. Thank you for listening to. So the story goes, are we having fun? Mm -hmm. uh, just a reminder, y'all mark this down. November 10th, put it in your phone. Write it down on a piece of paper. Tattoo it on your forehead. Uh, we're doing a big show. Four bands. Vinyl Station. Lee Pereira. Steph in the Articles. Uh, B. Skizzle in the Shrizzles. That's not a band name, but I think it sounds cool. Uh, we're going to be there as special guests. What? If you've been on the podcast, you get a discounted ticket. Say what? Uh, Santan is going to be there. We're going to try all their spirits. There's going to be a welcome cocktail. It's going to be 15 bones. It's Listen, just go. It's going to be great. Hope to see you there. It's at the Womack, 7th Street and Bethany Home, Phoenix, Arizona. If you don't live here, maybe you should consider a visit. You can stay at my house. Uh, see you November 10th. Are you guys a part of the, the McDowell Mountain Music Festival? We were for a lot of years. We we did that for a lot of years. Um, things got weird with everyone coming back from COVID. So it's been <laughs> interesting reaching out to sponsors and everything sort of changed. I, I know McDowell Mountain, um, they have new owners now, mm. I think. And mm -hmm. so it's, you know, it's a little, it's a little, and that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. It's just that everybody had to make adjustments during the pandemic. I mean, it's like what 
um, you know, the Van Buren did for, you know, over COVID and became part of Live Nation. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. So, you know, everyone just had to figure it out the last few years, figure out how they can retain, you know, keep treading water through it all. So, you know, things have been different, but we're hoping to be back out there for this next one in March. Love M3F. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to make it a a point uh, to go every year. I actually played it many, many years ago, back when it was in Scottsdale. Yeah, we Um, were there. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) We have been, we have been a part of that festival since it was in Scottsdale. And then when it moved to Hans Park and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it it is definitely a highlight of the year. Any other um events coming up that you guys are going to be a part of? Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, we have our own coming up. We have our fall fundraiser coming up, <laughs> which is in November. There's nothing um show-wise, there's nothing out there that we're supporting yet. There's some things in the works, but you know, mm-hmm. we're well, tell always me about wheeling the, and dealing. Tell me about the fundraiser and what what that's yes. what that looks like. So we do a pledge drive every fall. And um, so we have our big pledge drive week, which is in, I think it starts November 14th. And then on the 19th, November 19th, which is a Saturday, we're having our big show at Focal in Scottsdale. And uh, yeah, so we have several bands playing and we'll have some VIP tables and Focal is generously providing dinner for those VIP tables. And um, it's a lot of fun. I brought on actually doing a show when I took over a lot of the daily operations for KWSS when Beef Vegan left. That was like 2016. And I thought, why don't we do a show? Why aren't we doing our own show? <laughs> we right. can do it. <laughs> right. We we have well, enough you know connections. The bands. You have you yeah. have the marketing. <laughs> you know, you have the platform. Yeah. Like, yeah. We we yeah, I mean, radio stations have their own shows all the time. That you know, nothing makes us different for doing that. And yeah. you know, it's a great way to raise money for our station because you know, on top of the other ways you can sponsor the station, listener support has really been the key that's been keeping us on the air. Our listeners are are amazing and super loyal, and we try and give back. And what better way than with a show where they can see all the music that they hear on KWSS and mm-hmm. and meet all of the DJs at the station and and cool. it's just it's just a nice way to bring the community together and raise some money. You're not gonna lie, we need money. So right, right. Can you can you have you announced the bands yet? Like, can you tell me? Who, yeah, okay. yeah. Now I got to think of it off the top of my head because I didn't write them down. So we've got the Hourglass Cats. Scattered Melodies, uh, Jam. We have Acoustic from Just Tommy and Sophie Dorston with her brother Alex Dorston and The Frequency Principle. So it's, it sounds like a huge lineup, but we've got acoustic happening during the dinner portion of the evening because I didn't want to drown out our VIPs with full band music. You know, they're they're giving up a lot for those tables, so I want to treat them well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, then halfway through the night, we'll switch it over and and flip the switch to the full bands and full power and just party the rest of the night. So that's awesome. Yeah, and there'll so, be raffles and all kinds of stuff happening, so it's going to be a fun night. So for for more info, kwss.org. I was on yes. there today, and I and I saw the there's a little flyer. So there's more information there if you want to go check it out. Um, if I'm in town, I'm gonna go. I hope you do. It'll yeah. be fun. It's a, I mean, they're always fun, and the support of the community is is really great. I mean, we've worked hard to 
to create these relationships and build on them. And it's, you know, it pays off in many ways, not just in being able to support each other, but then it's like, I can say, Hey, you got an opening so we can use your venue or whatever. And everybody's so very, very generous. And Focal has always been, Victor, the owner, has always been just a massive local music supporter and mm-hmm. loves KWSS. And I just go to him and I say, is this night free? And he's like, yes, I don't care. There's another major touring band coming in. I'll just bump them, you know? <laughs> Okay, he's not that bad, but uh, but I mean that's just you know it's just an example. The the support we get is amazing, and I try and give back as much as give as is given to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw I'm I'm good friends with Otto, and um, Otto. I I saw that that you're now working with him on the recording artist. Yes, that was I didn't expect that to happen at all. Um, I was on his show. And oh, his, have his you been Monday on his night? Show? Yeah, the, the Monday yeah. night thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was on his show and then I had him on my show. And while he was on my show, he asked me about it because he said that there, the lady, I can't think of her name, who was originally doing their A&R couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think you'd be perfect because you know the local bands and this and that. Yeah. And here's who I have in season two. And he was reading off and I was like, yep, know them, know them, know them. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's like, do you want to, do you want to be part of it? And I, I, I have a hard time saying no, Brian, it's a, it's a, it's not a good thing. I, it's a blessing you know, and a curse. <laughs> it's, you know, with the thing, I mean, I, I want to do it all. I want to do everything with this community because I love it so much. So it's like, how can I help? How can I do this? And then it's like, oh, maybe I need to sleep. I don't know. <laughs> it, but this one was something that I was, I was well, I was honored to to be asked and and I really love it. And it's also a great concept. I mean, these bands get to yeah. go in and and he records a track for them and produces a, a track for them. And a lot of these artists, you know, it's a lot of money. You know, it's a lot of right. money to record a song, even a song. Right. You know, not even talking about an album. And right. you know, the the fact that he's able to provide that for everybody, how can I say no to jumping on that bandwagon? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> The um yeah the model is super interesting right it's not it's not your kind of uh, standard uh, procedure um, mm-hmm. I love I mean Otto is is extremely talented and and has such a obviously a great ear but also a great eye and has mm-hmm. these really interesting ideas and not only that he he executes them, you know, like it's yeah. one thing to have these, Oh, I got this fantastic idea. It's going to, we're going to shoot this and, 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 you know, and then it sits on the table for, for 10 years, but auto auto is a cat where it's like, you have an idea and, and some would be like, wow, I've never even heard. Like, I don't even understand this. And then he executes it and he's dedicated to it and it looks great. It's, it sounds great. The concept is really cool. Um, I was mm-hmm. psyched to see um, that you were a part of it because as you say, I think that, you know, you're kind of a, you're the perfect person uh, for that role. I, you know, I like to think so, but it's always nice to hear, you know, other people say that, please validate me, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Cause you know, it, it's, I think everybody deals with imposter syndrome a lot. I deal with it. I mean, I'll, uh, I'm an open book. I deal with it a lot just because I don't have the education in radio or music. I I don't have 
the background that a lot of people do in the industry. And mm-hmm. I, I just jumped in and, and taught myself things and also found that I had a knack for a lot of things as well. I never thought that I would be some personality, you know, out there and, mm-hmm. and, and that people would actually listen to me. <laughs> That's the big thing. It's like, you know, a lot of people can talk and talk and talk, but to hear people take what I say to heart, even a little bit, it's, it's humbling in a way because it's like, oh, I'm I'm providing something to the community and that means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah, there's some ego involved. I mean, you know, you're not in radio and you're not I don't think you're in the music industry if you don't have a little bit of ego, you know. <laughs> I'm well, not gonna yeah. You certainly you certainly have to believe what you're creating. I mean that, you know, and, and if that's ego or or, or self awareness or at least just um faith in what you create, you you have to have that. So, yeah, uh, you know, we can, we, we can say ego. I would just, I would just reinforce that it's not necessarily in a vain way. It's more, mm. you know, I, I am proud of this work and I want to yes. share it, you know? Thank you. So, yeah. yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yes. I am proud. I'm proud of this community. I'm proud of this music scene. I'm, um, you know, I, I was dubbed scene mom a couple of years ago by Yab Yum and, uh, I went with that because I was like, that's perfect. You know, I will bring you orange slices and juice boxes to your, to your show for you after you're done. You know, I'm, you know, I want to take care of this scene and I want to see it grow and prosper. And, you know, these little things like the recording artist, uh, you know, that I can do and even incorporating my own, um, my own personal marketing business into everything. Um, You know, it's all about how do I raise everybody a little higher? And you mentioned, you know, how, you mentioned how the scene has changed, and you've obviously seen a number of iterations. Um, I remember, I, so I arrived in two thousand and three from Massachusetts, and before I got out here, I was like, oh, let, let's see, like what the music venues are, and and maybe research some of the bands. And I, I was arriving kind of just as Tempe was shutting down. Um, mm. I think I even applied for a job at Nita's and by the time I got out here, maybe they had closed like like a month or two later. So mm-hmm. I was kind of at the tail end of it, but I remember, you know, seeing shows at Long Longs and Bash on mm-hmm. Ash and some of those kind of iconic, um, sail in. Yeah. Sail in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I kind of caught it at the end of it. So I get out here and it's basically a wasteland now. There's no scene yeah. in Tempe. Phoenix hasn't, wasn't doing much. I mean, you had, you know, you had Char's, you had Rhythm Room, you know, you had some of these iconic rooms, mm-hmm. but the scene, there wasn't really a scene. Um, right. Can you talk about, you know, what, what was musically exciting when you were here? I mean, I remember in the nineties hearing the gin blossoms and, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I know that I, I knew that there was a scene here, but I obviously I missed it. So can you talk yeah. about like the heyday of, of that Tempe music scene and what that maybe felt like and looked like? You know, it was a really exciting time because for me, you know, I was in my twenties. So all of it was exciting, wanting to go to these concerts and see these bands and, and seeing something homegrown, if you will, from Tempe, make it big, like the Jim Blossoms. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it, 
I've been proud since the beginning, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. knowing that these bands and yeah, there weren't a lot of places to, to go to shows. And honestly, to be perfectly honest in the, in my early twenties, I didn't really start getting out there until my thirties. Isn't that mm-hmm. crazy? Cause like mm-hmm. I said, you know, married, started yeah. the kids, did right. the whole family thing. You know, my life took a little bit of a different trajectory you know, at that time, which is funny because I kind of did that first. I kind of flipped. So mm-hmm. I did that first. And now it's like, you know, I hit my thirties and I hit the KWSS and here it is 2007, 2008. And it was like, then all of these new venues started popping, right. you know, last right. exit started, it was out on priest and Southern for a right. while. Yep. Um, Yucca, well, Yucca has always been there. Yucca tap room's been there, mm-hmm. there. timeout lounge. And then you go into Phoenix and then they started with Crescent and Valley bar and they started all these other places. And, you know, so I, my interest and everything kind of struck up at the same time as mm-hmm. all these things, you know, and um, sure. I'll take credit for all these places opening because I put my love out there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I put my love out there to the scene, and all these venues opened up. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> it, that would know, be my ego. Yeah, I was just gonna say, <laughs> modesty isn't your thing. That's totally fine. Um, no, I remember because you know, I'm I moved here and I was living downtown, and and I was frustrated because a lot of these indie touring bands would skip Phoenix and go to Tucson because they had the right. right size rooms, like Club Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the other rooms down there. But I remember thinking, well, of course they're going to skip Phoenix. There's nowhere for them to play. Like we need yeah. a 200 seater. We need a 500. We need and a I thousand, think, you know? Yeah. And I think that Phoenix and at least the Valley finally saw that. And a lot of the promoters like Charlie Levi, right. you know, they, they tuned into that and they were like, wait, what? I mean, I, I can't speak for them obviously, but mm. it had to be something where they were like, why are people skipping us all the time because we don't have those those mid to large size venues you know and i mean even converting and when marquee theater became right what it is today you know it was like we needed those size it was either you're going to uh auction you know back when it was like dodge theater or whatever it's been changed so many times or you're seeing an arena show or you're going to mesa amphitheater those were kind of your choices and it was only huge acts you know, yeah. it was only, of course, the the big touring acts or the bar scene. You know, right. it was the bar scene, and the band was just in the corner, yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a show, right? So right. yeah, so eventually they got there, and now it's just it's it's really exploded. And I would say since about I would say you know two thousand eight two thousand and nine is when it really started the boom. Mm-hmm. I wonder if if it had anything to do with the kind of overall um, remodel of, of downtown Phoenix, right. Um, Before the light rail, before the kids, the students got there, um, you know, back when first Fridays were, you know, throw a bunch of beers in a backpack and go to just art (laughs) galleries. Right. Uh And now uh it's a production. There's like cops and things are cordoned off and, you know, close um, it all down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just really incredible. I wonder if those, those two things, the, the kind of revitalization of downtown um, and the uh, creation introduction of these, of these different sized rooms, allowing uh, smaller touring acts to, to have a home, um, you know, it just, it's been such a uh, interesting experience to, to witness 
how downtown mm-hmm. Phoenix has has changed, you know, and yeah, it really has. And I and I think it just took some great visionaries mm-hmm. to see that. And we're very lucky that they were part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. In the you know they revitalized right. the whole downtown area and and I don't know I I don't know if it was about who they knew or or whatever but it just took some great vision to show people that hey this is the smaller stuff is just as important as the bigger stuff yeah and I think the smaller stuff in the long run is going to have the bigger payoff uh-huh. you know it's like with with the big acts that come yes it's one big night. 100,000 people get together and have a blast, but you can have club shows every night of the week, right? you know, and, and, and they don't take as much to, to put together, you know, it's not as big of a production, but you're still getting something really good out of it. Yeah. And it's culture. It's our culture right there. Right. Right. Do you have a favorite venue to see a show? Oh my goodness. I hate these questions because I'm supposed to be neutral and love them all equally. But last exit is is kind of my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love those. Last guys. exit. Yeah. And then and then it would be Focal because I can eat and see a show. Mm-hmm. The food is very important to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it just last exit has amazing sound. It's yeah. got the best sound in the valley. It'll put anyone else's to shame i think it's it's top tier production yeah um brian and i just great. love brandon is great yeah. yeah yeah and and it's just super it's just a super cool place to be um i do like valley bar too see i can't i can't right. just say which one's my favorite i love I valley bar because it's just fun to go into the alley and go downstairs and it's all like speakeasy and yeah. catch a show and feels like um, a like an underground club in new york or something yeah yeah crescent you can get burritos i mean come on you know <laughs> you're speaking oh, my man. language now now i think we're getting on I, the same page that's you know uh, we we've had plenty of f- fundraisers at last exit and we would bring in a food tr- truck or whatever and i like to mix it up the best i can and because it's all about support so mm-hmm. it's like you know i want to support that's why we're doing it at focal this year but at least the food's already there you know right, right, right. <laughs> and if it's a lifter i'm happy too so both focal and last exit have my kilt lifter so <laughs> it doesn't take much to make me happy <laughs> well and talk about you know talk about having a vision uh for the future um you know I'm sh- I'm 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 sure it was very intentional that 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 Brandon picked that location. Um, so as soon as downtown starts to to go south, uh, mm-hmm. I mean that literally, not not figuratively. They're <laughs> <laughs> uh, so trying to fix that, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I'm sure it was intentional that that no, the city's going to grow. I'm thinking 15 years down the road. Um, you know, and it and it it's such a it's like a musical oasis. As you say, the sound is killer. The lighting, the light is, the lights are great. Like, like you feel like you're at a show. Um, Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan too. Yeah, I get it. And it's not that if it's not, if it's not, I don't think it's much smaller than say rebel lounge. I think it's the same capacity. Rebel lounge might be a little bit bigger, but um, yeah, I put those two in a similar, in a similar. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, but, but last night, yeah. Brennan is another one of those people who have this vision and can see, they just can see ahead. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, now I want to like get him in on an interview. Let's talk about last exit and why you chose that yeah. particular, you should get him as a guest. I'd and, love to. 
<laughs> but I would love that would be very interesting his thought process because now I mean the light rail is going right through there. Right. Right. You know, and, and I'm not sure where the stop is, but I mean, if it's within walking distance of yeah. of the it's club, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, for it's sure. really gonna open that that whole scene up. Yeah. Everyone poo-poo's on light rail, but it has been the best thing, I think, to happen to the valley. Yeah. It's just it's really brought everybody closer together and it's helping revitalize things. I mean, downtown Mesa. Yeah. They put the light rail through there and all of a sudden everything's popping up there. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to a show with the MIM? I'm assuming you have. I have not yet. I've <sighs> been to the MIM, but I have not seen a show there yet. I know, I know. Oh Bad me. And it's just it's just been timing. Just haven't yeah. had a chance to get up there. But I hear it also has stellar, it's a stellar room. Oh God. Uh, sound wise, it's gonna yeah. be hard to beat. I mean, yeah. that, that, that stage is wonderful. The whole staff is incredible. They Your have bands play there. You, Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That that's nice. been like, uh, that's been like my home, um, for almost all of my different projects. That's been the, nice. that's been the, the spot. So I, I love that. I love supporting those guys. And yes, the museum is awesome, but, uh, um, I love it there. It's been a long time since I've been up there. I really need to just make a day trip and wander through. Maybe I should wander through in a day so I can catch a show that evening. I'll have yeah. to plan it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely check out the MIM. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great spot. What is kind of on the horizon for you? Uh, Personally, with KWSS, like what's, you know, coming out of COVID, it, I'm sure there's a little bit of kind of restructuring and, and, and refocusing and, and how do you guys or how do you uh, envision continued success? That's kind of funny you brought that up because COVID, we were pretty important during COVID when everything was shut down and nobody could play any shows. Right we could still play people's music uh -huh. and keep people in the loop. And we did a lot of here are the live streams coming up, you know, because a lot of bands were doing live streams and stuff, trying to keep everybody from going stir crazy. And it was, yeah. I don't want to, you know, it, well, silver and keeping, lining and keeping yourself from going crazy. I mean, right. Yeah. So that was a huge, you know, for me. we really tried to use KWSS during that time to, keep people informed, keep people still in the know on our local music scene. You know, here's what's happening. Cause people were still, you know, that was a time and I don't know if you did it, but so many bands like found all their back burner stuff, things that were been on the shelf in a while and finished them mm -hmm. during COVID because mm -hmm. they didn't have anything else to do. Yeah. We had the time. <laughs> we certainly had the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was telling all these bands, I'm like, send me these things. I will still play them. I will still, I was letting people know like what bands were doing and who you could still support and, you know, still buy their merch. And, you know, it was still, mm -hmm. you know, we provide, I feel like we provided a very good service during that time to help keep people just in awareness about mm -hmm. our music scene and that it wasn't dead. It was just stalled. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> so coming out of it, <laughs> yeah, we were just, you know, reassessing the world, <laughs> but coming out of it, it was kind of interesting because it, it got a little, we kind of took a step back radio wise at the station, just because everybody, all of a sudden things are open. And all of a sudden there were like a million shows and mm -hmm. there were a million things going on and everybody was fighting for 
their time because it had been so long. And so we got pushed a little bit to the side a little bit and it was just kind of hard. We almost had to reintroduce ourselves and say, Hey, we're still here. We still need your support. And, you know, we still are supporting you the best we can. And so I had to kind of had to pivot in that sense and almost start outreach starting over again to these bands and, and saying, Hey, and it's nobody's, you know, it's not a, it's not a, there's no one to blame for that. You know, it was just more like everyone got hyper-focused on getting back out to live shows yeah. and doing that. And so I just had to get in there and we just had to remind them that, Hey, we're still here and we can still help promote you and you're still helping us. Um, and that was coming right out of it. So I'm talking, mm. you know, 2021 right, is where right. that was, but now it's, it's feeling a little more normal for lack of a better word and and back to the way it was radio wise. Um, people are remembering, you know, and, and they're mm-hmm. listening. And we just added the second channel at the beginning oh, cool. of September. So now we are, you know, out in the East Valley as well, because being low power, we could only be in a certain part of the valley. So with the second channel, now we brought in the East Valley, which is really nice. And um, you know, the direction, it's all just going up, up, up. It's Good. it's super exciting to nice. see everything that's coming up. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about all of it. Well, I, I would love an opportunity to come down and, and check out the station and, and just kind of get a better idea of what the what the day to day looks like and and kind of see what <laughs> see the behind the scenes and and um, check. Oh, my gosh, out. there's nothing to see. There's nothing <laughs> to see here. Don't look behind the curtain. <laughs> no, but honestly, so all of our DJs, we all, you know, we we joke and we say we were ready for a shutdown before the shutdown because we've always all recorded from home studios. Hmm. We don't have a the the main studio is at the owner's place. He's got the setup. He's got the main tower. Um, we have the t- tower on Shaw Butte in Phoenix, and now mm. the tower on Usury in Mesa. But he's the hub, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can record from there. But with all of, I mean, yay technology, right? Because right. we all have our programs. We all just upload to the station server from our homes. It plays gotcha. out. It's beautiful. You can be as live as you want, but we all have day jobs since we're all volunteers. You know, sure. we all have other things to do. So being able to voice track has really helped um, keep us on the air, you know, keep us engaged with the community, but, you know, we all still have to go to work too. Right. Um, but no, I mean, I need to get you on my show anyway. So you I would know, love whenever it. you want to, I would love it. to have you on. So yeah. you can come down and you can at least see my hub and how I do things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe, uh, first of all, thank you uh, for, for taking time out of your day. Um, I, I'm, I'm thankful for what you do. I know that, that um, so many of my friends, uh, musicians have, you've, you've supported them. And so that's, that's great to see. And, and what a invaluable uh, service that you're, that you're providing and, and thank you for supporting the music here and celebrating it and, and help, helping to to share it with a with a wider audience so for, so thank you for that as well um well it's it's more it is you know it's my passion and i'm i'm honored to do it and i'm honored that everybody puts their faith in us and in me to you know we all work together to yeah. to make this happen i look at kwss like any indie band 
you know, we're, yeah. we're just another indie band and, and we all have to support each other if we're going to make it. Yeah. For folks listening to the podcast who would be interested in be maybe submitting some music to you, or maybe can you speak to that process really quickly? And, and, and just so we can get the information out there to, to musicians or, or bands that, that have a new product that might not know of the service that you guys are providing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can go through kwss.org and there is a, um, I think in our about tab is where you can find out more information about submitting music, but you can also just shoot it my way and, and email it to me, which is Danny, D-A-N-I at kwss.org. And I, you know, follow up because I get a lot of emails sure. with music and, yeah. you know, it, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I miss deadlines. Oops, sorry. I'm like shaking my desk. And now it's like a, <laughs> there's an earthquake happening. Right, right. Um, that's how excited I am. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, you know, I, I, I love hearing new things. I, I try and stay ahead of releases and, and shows and things like that. Um, the follow-up is very important. Just make sure you do that. If you have something timely, mm -hmm. hit me up twice. <laughs> yeah. And do you want, would you prefer like MP3s and waves or would you want like Spotify links? I suppose that that one is already released music or one that is not, right? So yeah, it, you know, it, the best thing, if, if you have a better chance of getting it played, if I have a download link where I can go, um, if you're able to email me an MP3 or a wave, sometimes the waves get too big. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you got a Dropbox link or a WeTransfer or anything like that, you okay. know, that that's the best thing. It's just easiest to download it. Um, it also just saves me from the back and forth of can you send me this after I've listened to it? You know, right. just just get it all to me and send yeah. me all the important bullet points I need to know about the song and what's coming up. And um, yeah, then you, I get it in my calendar as quickly as I can, especially if it's timely with the show or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I try and get it in my 939 local spotlight on the morning show. Nice. Awesome. And to add to that, if it's really good, it can get into rotation on oh KWSS. My. We don't put every local song we get into rotation. Um, I do have a firm belief that everybody deserves a play. Everybody deserves, you know, one chance of being yeah. heard that first chance, but you know, sometimes still the quality isn't quite there or it doesn't quite fit in the regular genre of the station, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not going to, your, your speed metal song will probably not make it into our rotation, but I would play it in the spotlight. Right, right. Because our listeners have a wide range of music that they listen to. But, mm -hmm. you know, radio station, we still have guidelines on sure. on what plays in rotation. So, yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. No, I, well, yeah. You, well, as you say, everyone gets a spin, but then, you know, whether it fits into the, into the larger... Uh, umbrella of 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 music yeah. that you guys play, you know. There's also there's also that I to think. Love about. hearing new music, and it, it's funny because people my age, <laughs> me, <laughs> you are not. There's no way you're 50. <laughs> I'm very close. <laughs> but I see a lot of these memes online that crack me up about like the only good music was music when I was growing up and this and that. And it's such bullshit. I'm yeah. sorry. It is complete bullshit. There is so much good music out there still being created every day. And I want people to feel what I feel when I first listen to a song. 
And that's why I do my spotlight. And that's why I introduce music because I want people to discover it. And our listeners want to discover it. You know, they don't want to hear new music 24 seven. That's fine. Right. But they want to know what's going on. And I get a lot of, a lot of feedback, sometimes bad feedback. Some, you know, most of it's good though. We have, our listeners are super sweet. We don't have any asshole listeners. I, <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking a poll right now. No asshole <laughs> listeners, but you know, every, everything's so positive. It, it's, it's really nice. It's just a nice community that we've created with KWSS. You know, it's like, I can go out to a show and people are just like, Hey, Danny. And I'm like, Hey, what's your name again? Because I forgot it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same thing with the radio. I want to introduce everyone to these artists, no matter what the genre is. And we just go from there. Yeah. Awesome. Danny, thank you for your time. Nice to uh, finally meet you uh, virtually. And, yeah. and hopefully I, I see you in, uh, in real life uh, at a show soon. I think that would be wonderful. And thank you for changing the format for this at the last minute for me and my crazy schedule. <laughs> it's all good. I, I want to make it easy, you know. All right, Danny, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brian. Bye. Bye. Bye.